Hey everyone, what is up and welcome to the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald. And today I did a solo episode and it's a Nutrition Deep Dive 101, a beginner's guide to nutrition. And the reason I did this is because I get it every week, okay? It's not the hour in the gym with my clients that they feel most challenged with. It's the other 23 hours outside of the gym. <laughs> I'm sure we can all relate to this. I, for one, I'm the exact same. Getting to the gym isn't my biggest challenge. It's what I do outside of that. So today I actually describe how you might structure your diet. Okay, how to actually find the right diet that works for you. I then go into detail on how to calculate your maintenance calories. How to break down your macros, your protein, your carbohydrates, your fats. What about your micronutrients? So what are the sources and how we can actually optimize to make sure we're getting enough micronutrients? I even speak about timing and the, the most optimal time to eat your foods, particularly your carbohydrates. I speak briefly about supplements and I finish up with um, one or two small um, shopping hacks and shopping tips, which I think you will find really beneficial. So without further ado, here is this week's episode, The Beginner's Guide to Nutrition. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifters show. And today I'm going to be doing a nutrition deep dive. In fact, it's going to be titled The Beginner's Guide to Nutrition. And even though this is The Beginner's Guide to Nutrition, it really always does come back to the fundamentals when it comes to getting results. And I often find with a lot of the members and clients that we coach at Mac Lifestyle Fitness that it's not actually the gym that's their most challenging task of the day. Like sure, you know, getting, getting to the gym for 45 minutes to an hour, whatever it might be, of course you gotta push yourself, all right? You, you gotta, you know, train um, within proximity to failure. You gotta be doing it consistently three to four times a week. But if you count up the number of hours there, suppose you're training four times a week, that's four hours of your week, 168 hours in a full week, okay? So there's still a lot of hours left. But what I often find with our clients is it's the other 23 hours outside the gym. That is when they 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 find things a bit more challenging. And look, <laughs> I'm the exact same. You know, I've, I've built up the discipline. I've built up the habit of just going to the gym. It's something that I do now. It's part of my lifestyle. I, I almost don't feel good without doing it. You know, I always say days that you train are better than days that you don't train. But it's the nutrition that's the bit that I find challenging and that's the bit that most of my clients find challenging. So today I'm just going to go through like a beginner's guide to nutrition and what are the basic, the fundamental thing, things that you need to know in order to have your nutrition on point so you can reach your goals. So let's start out with actually like how to structure your diet. And the first point and the most important point is actually adherence. I'm not even going to talk about calories or macros or micros just yet. First thing is adherence. And the number one question you got to ask yourself is, can you see yourself following this diet for the rest of your life? And if the answer is no, why would you even start doing something you know you're not going to follow through? And the reason I say this is because just one thing that kind of irritates me with fitness is a lot of people do kind of search for a quick fix. 
So they try the detoxes where, you know, you go on a juice diet for five to seven days, or maybe they like cut out carbohydrates, they cut out chocolate, and they say that's that's the way things are going to be going forward. Kind of like this all or nothing mindset, you know, that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be doing it right. And I'm going to go all in whenever I do anything, I got to go all in. But often it's that all or nothing mindset. That is the reason why most people fail their diets, because they think it has to be perfect. And in fact, perfection is literally the lowest possible standard you can hold for yourself, because the perfect diet doesn't exist. The perfect life doesn't exist. Life always does get in the way. Things always crop up. So the first thing and the most important element of actually following the diet is adherence. Can you adhere to it? Like, can you see yourself following this for the rest of your life? I remember um, when I was probably around about 21, um, it was when I first became like really interested in the paleo diet. And for anyone who doesn't know the paleo diet, it's basically um, anything that you can, that anything that you can like lean meat or fish or vegetables and fruits and nuts, like anything you can hunt or catch, they're pretty much the foods that you can eat. And it does sound great. And you know, a lot of what I eat today, it probably would be classified as paleo, but not everything. But at the same time, you know, I, I was 21 at the time and I'm pretty sure alcohol, <laughs> I'm pretty sure vodka and white, whatever it might be, isn't isn't part of the paleo diet. So could I see myself following this long term? Absolutely not. So it wasn't sustainable. So the first element of actually structuring your diet is adherence and being able to adhere to it long term. Now, I will say short term, sometimes it can be OK to be a bit more aggressive. Like, you know, I'll give an example, use myself as my my own best example. I did a photo shoot in summer 2021 and I had to be a bit aggressive because I was three weeks out from it and I saw a picture of myself. Um, it was on Salt Hill Beach. And if I'm being honest, like I was a good bit off where I where I'd hoped to have been. And all progress starts with the truth. And I could have said, ah, like, you know, you look okay, you're all right, you'll be fine. But sometimes you got to just acknowledge too that, you know what, Adrian, like things aren't where they should be for my specific goal. So I did have to be a bit more aggressive then. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I'll never forget. I had to, the, the week leading up to it was horrible. 1500 calories, I was, yeah, that like that was not sustainable. But I did have to go aggressive short term, but I knew there was a, a finish line. I knew this wasn't something I'd be doing long term. So my caveat to that is, OK, fair enough. Sometimes you may need to be a bit more aggressive, just like we see professional athletes cut weight. That's not long term sustainable, but that's just for an upcoming event. But that is like the one percent, like they're really like the outliers. But for the most part, the number one most important thing to your diet is actually adherence. And being able to stick to it and just off that too like addressing your mindset around food i think that kind of comes as a almost like a a caveat to to having good adherence because again that all or nothing mindset the the whole concept that things need to be perfect that's something that i really felt challenged with before like i kind of always thought that it, i'm either all in i'm all out there's no in between there's no gray area and this can lead to binge eating. And I've had my own challenges with binge eating. I tried Andy Forsetta's 75 hard twice, got to day 42 two times. And then on the 42nd day, I messed up. 
And I know I shared this before, but just one of the rules with the day 75 hard was like follow a diet, but no cheap meals or no alcohol allowed. So I was really restrictive now. I was really, really restrictive, you know, didn't have like chocolate or anything like that at all. And then I remember in the 42nd day, I didn't complete one of the tasks. And again, this this whole like challenge, it kind of promotes that all or nothing mindset. And for me, because I failed and because I messed up, like that actually had a real negative impact on me. So I used food as a coping mechanism. I mean, I was nearly sick going to bed that night because all the stuff that I restricted myself, the cereals, you know, which I've shared before, is a big weakness of mine. The likes of the granola, the cocoa pops. It was like one of the first times ever I couldn't finish my dinner because I'd eaten so much junk food earlier on that day that, that I actually couldn't stomach it. So this all or nothing mindset that was kind of promoted in, in the challenge that I was doing. But I often find and I often hear people say the same that, you know what, like they may kind of stay on track for a week or two and then something comes up at the weekend. Sometimes instinctively, you just grab a cookie, you grab something nice and quick and that's sugary and tasty before you even realize you've eaten it. And then that like that can feed into your mindset and you say, well, I've already messed up. I may as well keep going. So I think addressing your mindset around food, giving yourself permission. This is really important. Give yourself permission that things aren't always going to be perfect. And give it and just accept yourself and accept that things will never be perfect. But that's OK, because it's what you do consistently. It's what you do consistently over time. Okay, so the first and most important aspect of the structure in your diet is actually adherence and being able to follow it long term. Give yourself permission that there's going to be days you're going to be, you know, at maybe a five out of 10. I don't like saying off track or on the diet, off the diet. It's not a switch. You don't just flick the switch on or off. So sometimes you got to adjust the diet. And you know what, like for the most part, for, for me personally, like the dial might be an eight or nine out of 10 Monday to Friday, but then I might turn that down a notch the weekend and it might be adjusted to a seven out of 10, but that's totally fine. But I'm never off track. And that's, that's just the most important thing. So being able to adhere to it, I'm addressing your mindset around food. There's no good or bad foods. Give yourself permission that there's going to be days that are um, lower compliant than other days, but that's totally fine. Okay. So now on to kind of the nitty gritty stuff. And um, the next element of a beginner's guide to nutrition is actually okay. So let's actually calculate your maintenance calories. Now there's a lot of formulas out there online. So what I just recommend anyone, if you are unsure, is just Google um, maintenance calorie calculator. And look, this is not perfect. Like I, I would even maybe do a few of them and get like your average off that. But just calculate your maintenance calories. And for anyone who doesn't know what your maintenance calories are, it's the amount or the number of calories you need to eat to maintain your current weight and body composition. So suppose that you, um, your maintenance calorie levels are 2,500 and you weigh um, 75 kilos, you're a guy. If you continue eating 2,500 calories, you're likely going to stay around the same weight, provided you know nothing kind of changes with your, with your activity um, or any other lifestyle-related factors. Okay, so um, calculate your maintenance calories, but it's also important to understand that your maintenance calories do change over time because a lighter body burns less calories than a heavier body, but also the more muscle you have, that's going to dictate your maintenance calories. Okay, and just another example I'll give is, um, I'll use myself as my own best example. When I did my photo shoot, 
um, I did lose some weight. So my maintenance calories decreased. They probably would have been roundabout when I was 85-ish kilos. I'd say my maintenance calories were probably 33 to 3,400. But I would say they likely dropped to 3,000, if not even 2,900, because I, I was down to like maybe 76, 77 kilos. Um, so your maintenance calories change over time, just like your body, your body composition does. So it's important to understand that what your maintenance calories were when you were 25 may not necessarily be the same when you're 35. And I often find that is why a lot of people, they find it challenging and they often wonder why they're gaining weight at the age. And the thing to understand is like, we kind of often can compare ourselves to what we used to have been. But if you're like in your 30s now and maybe you're not as active and you're saying, geez, when I was 25, I was able to get away with this. It may be because you were actually more active then and you were exercising more frequently, you were walking more frequently. Whereas now maybe, you know, at a different stage in your life, things and circumstance can change. So calculate your maintenance calories, um, get an average of, of the ones that you, you may find online and just use that as like your base or your guideline. Okay, so once we have our maintenance calories calculated, then we got to decide what our actual goal is. Do we want to do we want to lose weight? Do we want to you know increase our weight and, and do a bit of a bulk, or do we want to maintain our weight? And um, all of these are going to have different goals. So um, we'll start out first of all with weight loss. And if you want to lose weight, you got to be in a calorie deficit. So a calorie deficit is when you're eating less calories than your maintenance. So suppose I'm um, 75 kilo guy, 20, 2,500 calories is his maintenance. I like to do like a, a 10 to 20% calorie deficit. Okay. So if we were to go on the higher end there, 20%, that'd be 500 calories of 2500 so um for this 75 kilo guy who wants to get a bit leaner and um, we might put him on 2000 calories that's a calorie deficit on the flip side if you want to be in a calorie surplus again depending on where you are but I, a range i'd give is about 10 to 20 percent no it doesn't need to be too extreme so the same guy decides you know what i actually want to build muscle and do a bit of a gaining phase um you'd just add on 500 calories which would be 3000 and then maintenance, you know what, I'm happy with where I'm at, or even I want to drop a bit of body fat and build a bit of muscle. Um, that could be just like more so maintenance and or it's even known as recomp where you drop body fat and build muscle. It does take much, much longer. But if you wanted to do something like that, you could kind of like be in a bit of a deficit on days that you rest and be in a slight surplus on days that you train. Um, but for the most part, uh, most people either want to build muscle or drop body fat. Doing both can be done, but it does take much, much longer, um, and I would not recommend it. Okay, so we've calculated our maintenance calories. We've decided on our goals. Now let's actually talk about our macronutrients. And the three major macronutrients that I'm going to speak about today are your protein, your carbohydrates, and your fats. And macros meaning you need them in major or large amounts. So your protein, carbohydrates, and fats, um, these are going to be dependent on your goals. However, by far the most important macronutrient is protein. And protein is really important whether you are building muscle or whether you are dropping body fat. Because for building muscle, of course, 
protein is going to be really, really important that you actually have adequate amounts so you can gain some lean muscle. But then if you're dropping body fat too, it's actually maybe even more important if you're dropping body fat and doing a bit of a cut. Because I always say the goal should be when you're dropping body fat to maintain as much of your muscle as possible. And having adequate protein intake, keeping that high, is really going to allow you to get leaner without necessarily um, losing too much muscle. Okay. So protein super important. And that is the first macronutrient that you'd be um, targeting. So um, again, percentage base here um, of the three major macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, and fats, like a very basic one will be something like 40% um, carbohydrates, 30% of your calories come from protein, 30% come from fat. But this is going to be really, really dependent on the individual. So I'm not going to go too much into, into that in detail. But I'll just break down the three major macros. So protein I already spoke about. Um, and just some guidelines on how much protein should be taken. So there's four calories per gram of protein, which means in 100 grams of protein, that's going to be 400 calories. In 200 grams of protein, that's going to be 800 calories. But in general, what I would say is whether you want to build muscle or whether you want to drop body fat, um, and this is particularly more important, the more active you are, try stay within the like the 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Okay, so um, let's just say two grams per kilo of body weight. So for this guy who's 75 kilos times two, that'll be 150 grams of protein. Okay. Um, another kind of metric or a general guideline would be one, one gram of protein per pound, if you, if you like to use pounds better. But either way, um, start out with your protein. That's going to be the most important macronutrient you're going to calculate for yourself. So calculate your, your required protein intake. That's going to be number one. Now, what are some good source of protein? So um, lean meats are really, really good. So your chicken, your turkey. Um, you know, pork loin is really, really good as well. Um, and then fish is too. Like cod is such a fantastic source of protein, almost a complete source of protein. Um, salmon's another great one. Just all fishes really in general are great. So your lean meats, your steak as well, your, your beef mints, all of these are really, really good. Um, so lean meats and, and good quality fish would be good source of protein. Eggs in particular, egg whites. So the, the egg white is the 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 part of the egg that contains the protein whereas the yolk that's more like more healthy fats which is still really which are still really beneficial and i'll talk about next but um so um greek yogurt then zero percent greek yogurts there's some really fantastic brands in our in our supermarkets so um things like glenesque uh liberté um, I know Aldi and Lidl, they do their own like skier one. Um, Brooklyn, I think, is the Aldi one. There's so many great sources of Greek yogurt in, in supermarkets. What I would say is look for the 0% fat one. And a good way of looking at it is per 100 grams, there should be no more than 60 calories per 100 grams if it's real good quality Greek yogurt, 0%. But they're all really good source of protein. If you are someone who's vegan or vegetarian, um, you know, things like tofu um, maybe maybe beneficial there for you. Um, and then like beans and legumes. Um, but they probably they're they're not as optimal as your as your lean meats or your fishes, and then protein powder too. But um, so they're they're some of my favorite sources of protein, just to recap your your lean meats, your turkey, your chicken. Um, your pork loin, 
your then your your steak and your beef mint um, and then your fishes you know your cod your salmon and so on um, eggs and egg whites um, Greek yogurt protein powder and then for uh, vegetarian or vegans um, tofu would probably be a, a a really good one there as well okay so um, we've calculated our protein intake so about two grams per kilo of body weight next then is fat and the reason I go on to fats next um, is because there are no essential carbohydrates, but there are essential fats. Essential meaning your body actually can't make some of them itself. So you got to source it from food or from supplements. And fats are really important just for your immune, immune and your brain functioning. And some of my favorite source of fats include so fatty fish like salmon, for instance, such a fantastic food in general. Um, nuts are really, really good. Seeds. Um, oils like particularly olive oil and coconut oil they're all really really good source of fat and my um, recommendation for your fat intake is about 0.6 to 1 gram per kilogram of body weight so let's just say on the high end um, so you're 75 kilos one gram would be 75 grams of fat and then if you're on the lower end 0.6 grams per kilo per kilogram of body weight so that'll be roughly about uh, 45 grams for that 75 kilo individual. Now, so it's important to note that um, one gram of fat does have nine calories, whereas one gram of protein, as I said, has four calories. So that's just important to note too, but calculate your fat intake as well. Um, they're really important not to neglect those. And the final macronutrient then is carbohydrates. So unlike protein and fats, there are essential proteins, there are essential fats. There's no such thing as an essential carbohydrate, meaning technically your body can actually live without carbohydrates. Now, <laughs> I would not recommend trying this. Um, I remember from my photo shoot, oh my God, I was carb free, like just leading up to it. And I remember going for a walk. And it honestly felt the, the only thing that I can liken the walk to was like the last three miles of the marathon I did back in 2018. And the reason it was so difficult was because I was completely carb free. I have no, no carbohydrates at all in me. And every step felt like an absolute grudge. It was horrible. OK, so there are no no essential um, carbohydrates. So you can technically live without them. But um, <laughs> it's certainly not something that I would recommend, although um, you, you, the body does adjust. That's the that's the incredible thing about it. But speaking of carbohydrates, what I would say is. Carbohydrates give you energy. So therefore, what I like to do is I like to have more carbohydrates on training days because I need more energy on those days and I will reduce them on rest days. Apologies about the banging in the background. There's nothing I can do about that. Um, I'll just keep going. So um, I'll have more carbohydrates in training days because they're the days I'm going to be more active and then less in rest days. So a kind of a rough guide would be on rest days, I might maybe one to three grams per kilo. So on the high end, um, suppose this guy is 75 kilos, three grams would be 300, uh, 225 grams. And on the low end, it would be just 75 grams. But then on training days, what I like to do is, again, I'll give a range like three to six grams um, of carbohydrates per kilo of body weight for training days. But sometimes this might be more. Like, for instance, um, for anyone who has a game, you might be having six and up to 10 grams of carbohydrates per kilo of body weight and do like what we call a carb load. 
So again, that's a lot of carbohydrates um, and that's really going to vary. But just for the most part, because this is the beginner's guide to nutrition, what I would say with carbohydrates is have more carbohydrates on the days you're more active and limit them or reduce them at least on the days you're less active. Now, carbohydrates, just like protein, they have four calories per gram. So if you had 100 grams of carbohydrates, that would be 400 calories. If you had 200 grams of carbohydrates, that would be 800 calories. Okay, so then what are some good sources of carbohydrates? So um, carbohydrates, some slow digestion carbohydrates, they're going to give you a more slower, gradual release of energy, which are for the most part, my preferred forms. So my favorite three would be sweet potatoes or just boiled potatoes, normal potatoes, sweet potatoes in particular, though, um, rice nothing wrong with rice, especially nothing wrong with white rice or brown rice and oats. They're my personal favorite ones, but other forms of um, slower digesting carbohydrates at least might include things like pasta as well. I know a lot of people enjoy, I just don't stomach it that well, um, but they be all like slow digesting forms of carbohydrates. Then um, faster digestion forms of carbohydrates. So these are going to give you a quicker sugar spike, meaning you're going to get like a rapid increase in energy, but also a rapid decrease. They're not going to sustain over time, but they do have their place. Um, for instance, if you ever like were in a dressing room at halftime at a GA game or anything, or even just watching on the telly, you might see a lot of the athletes having like things like Lucasade Sport. Um, or the classic GA one, the Jaffa cakes and the, <laughs> the fruit pastilles, because they just give you a quick spike in energy. Sure, it's not going to be long enough to sustain for a couple of hours, but just to give you a bit more energy to get over the line and to push yourself for, for whatever, the next 30 minutes of the game. Um, so predominantly stick to slow digestion forms of carbohydrates, um, but then faster digestion ones, I mean, the best time to have those, you know, your sugar, your sweets will probably be after your workout, because that is when you're most sensitive to insulin. And that's when you're more likely to store them and use them for fuel as opposed to store them for body fat. Um, but carbohydrates, slow digestion, fast digestion, um, predominantly stick to slower digestion ones. OK, so just to recap on everything we've done so far, you've calculated your maintenance calories. Um, you've decided if you want to lose weight, calorie deficit, um, build muscle, calorie surplus, or just kind of maintain, um, which would be calorie maintenance. Then we look at our macronutrients. So there are three major macronutrients are protein, carbohydrates and fats. Protein has four, four calories per gram, as does carbohydrates, and then fats have nine calories per gram. So calculate your protein first, um, 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram. Um, your fats then, so 0.6 to 1 gram would be roughly a range per kilogram. And finally, your carbohydrates, have more of them on your training days and reduce them on your rest days. It's probably not as necessary. Now, um, on then to our next point, and this is micronutrients. So the micronutrients refer to your vitamins and also your minerals. So, you know, your vitamins, like your vitamin B, your vitamin C, your vitamin D and so on. And then your minerals, the likes of your iron, magnesium, your zinc, so many different minerals and, vit and vitamins and minerals there. But I'm not going to go too, too deep on this, like what are the good sources of vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D, and so on. But what I will say is if you actually focus on eating just good quality foods and real foods, because the type of food you do eat does matter. 
And the more real foods that you eat, the more micronutrients you're going to meet. So what do I mean by real foods? Real foods are single ingredient foods. So the analogy I like to give is an apple versus apple juice. An apple doesn't have ingredients. You don't need to go into the store and say, you know, um, this pink lady apple looks delicious. What's in that? It's just a pink lady apple. But apple juice, on the other hand, that does have ingredients. So trying to predominantly eat more single ingredient foods will actually mean that you're likely going to be having a pretty decent vitamin and mineral intake. So single ingredient foods, um, you can recognize what it is or what it used to be. Again, we can all recognize what an apple is, but an apple juice, um, I mean, how is that even made? We, we don't know because a lot of different, you know, a lot of different chemicals are in it. Um, single ingredient foods, they usually are real foods. They usually don't come in packaging. OK, um, and for the most part, they actually they go bad or they rot quickly. But if you um, just really focus on having like good quality food for the most part, look, we're always going to have um, days, as I was saying, with adherence where some days are better than others. But by prioritizing more single ingredients and real food, you're actually going to be hitting a lot of your micronutrients unknown to you. OK, so I hope that makes sense so far. Um, so we've addressed your calorie maintenance, we've addressed our macronutrients, your protein, carbohydrates, your fats, and we just spoke briefly about your micronutrients and prioritizing real food. And what I will say is if you are someone who's kind of going on a diet now, you may find it kind of challenging at first to eat more real foods. And that's probably because your body is just so accustomed to having processed foods. And I often have a lot of our members say like, geez, it feels like I'm eating much, much more, but I'm actually losing weight. Like, why is that? And it's because, <laughs> you know, by, by getting our clients, we, we try to promote like getting veggies in twice a day, two meals a day if possible. Um, vegetables, protein, they're actually really satiating and filling. Meaning you can, um, if you, the, the more of them you eat, the more fuller you'll actually be for longer. And they don't contain often a lot of calories, especially vegetables, okay? Fruits and vegetables, particularly vegetables. You know, they do not contain a lot of calories, <laughs> which is the great thing. So often a lot of our members, when they just increase their protein intake and increase their fiber intake, guess what happens? Their urge and their desire to have the two bars of chocolate, the croissant in the morning, it just goes down because they're actually fuller and they probably don't really even want it. So that's why type of food does matter. It's something I'm really big on. You know, try prioritize eating whole foods at least 80% of the time and give yourself a bit more flexibility with the other 20%. Okay, so on the next topic I'm going to talk about, um, I only have two or three more things really to discuss. Um, for a beginner's guide to nutrition is actually timing. Um, when is the best time to eat? And I'm not going to go too much into detail here because these are now like more of the micro details. And for the most, most, most part, for most people listening here, look, I'm not a bodybuilder and I don't think um, many of my, my audience are either. We just want to look better, feel better, perform better. Um, we do not need to worry too much about timing. That being said, um, post-workout, so after you train, it's probably best if you have some form of carbohydrate and protein. And carbohydrates, like that's the time, if you are someone with a sugar, uh, sugar tooth or a sweet tooth as i was saying um it's probably best to have your your sweet stuff um straight away post-workout because it's going to be more likely stored um less likely stored as body fat 
um, as opposed to any other time of the day, just because you're more insulin sensitive. So post-workout, I'll be prioritizing carbohydrates and fats. And then um, secondly, another anytime meal. So outside of post-workout, um, just kind of be sure that with your time and with your food, um, clean and lean for sure. So a clean protein and a lean source of protein, like they're going to be really, really important. And then something green as well. So every other meal outside of outside of post-workout, you got to be having protein and maybe two of those meals, try getting some greens as well, some green veggies. That's going to be really important. So suppose you had like four meals a day. Okay. Um, what a way you might structure it is like look, protein at every single meal of those four meals, at least two of them contain vegetables. And if this is on the training day, at least one of them has a good complex carbohydrate in them. And I'm going to eat that after my workout. But again, this varies um, because it's good too to have like carbohydrates around your workout, particularly if you're a field athlete. But um, these are just the basic principles. Okay, so post-workout, definitely have your carbs in your protein. And then every other single meal outside of the day, you still need to be having protein. And two of those meals, ideally, let's try get some veggies in. So we're hitting some good micros and, and getting some real foods in. Okay, so we've spoke about adherence, we spoke about your calories, we spoke about your, your macronutrients, we spoke about micronutrients, um, spoke briefly about timing, and finally supplements. And think of, the, think of this as a pyramid now, where at the bottom of the pyramid is the most important big rocks, and the top of the pyramid is like the icing on the cake. On the cake. <laughs> but the funny thing is, um, one of the most common questions that I get from from individuals is like you know what supplements should i take to lose fat i'm like okay hold on a second now let's first of all address the bigger rocks like where are your calories at at the moment are your are your micro or your macronutrients good like are you getting enough protein in are you getting you know veggies twice a day are you drinking enough water like let's address these big rocks before we actually talk about supplements but that being said i'm not saying the supplements are useless because they aren't they, it's a billion dollar industry for a reason but supplements, they only supplement things which you cannot get in your diet. So there's so many supplements out there, as you know. I'm just going to talk about some of my personal favorite ones. So just from the clients that I coach, a real challenge um, is for them to actually hit their protein intake, which is why I do enjoy and, and think having a protein supplement is really beneficial. I mean, just even if you're busy or on the go, I work with a lot of busy professionals. And if you want just a quick 20 grams of protein, I mean, how hard is it to get a scoop, fire in a bit of water, shake it up and knock it back? You know, that doesn't require any more than 30 seconds of preparation to bring that with you. So I think protein is really, really good, really important. Um, vitamin D, for the most part, I think it's a great supplement to have just because not only does it strengthen your immune system, but um, a lot of the a lot of the world's population are actually deficient in it. So vitamin D is good. Um, if you're an athlete or you're someone who really focuses on building muscle, I mean, creatine is the most um, scientifically backed supplement out there. That's going to be a, a really important one for you if you're an athlete or gain a muscle. Just in general, creatine, it's a fantastic supplement. And then finally, what I would say with supplements is like they're there to supplement your diet. So address your deficiencies. Um, suppose you're someone who doesn't eat a lot of, you know, um, omega-3 fatty fish like salmon. Well, then maybe having an omega-3 supplement might be beneficial for you. Just like if you're an athlete and you, you sweat a lot, having some magnesium. 
that might be beneficial for you. So supplement your diet with with obviously the stuff that you cannot get from food itself, but that's really going to be individual. Okay. Now, finally, then, so um, let's just talk briefly about like lifestyle integration. And this is kind of similar back to our first point of adherence. So how do you like integrate this into your lifestyle? So what I would say is like when you're doing your shop, like that's going to be important that you you're you're sourcing and you're buying the right food. And the number one rule with nutrition is if a food is present in your environment sooner or later, it's going to be eaten. So the best way to eat, quote unquote, healthier is to have more nutrient dense foods available in your immediate environment. So nutrient dense foods, you'd buy those in the in obviously when you're doing your shop. And just a tip that I give to my clients is for the most part, when you're doing your shop, here's a little hack for you now. Try stick to the outside aisles because in the outside aisles, what's the first thing you see when you go into a supermarket? There's a reason in most places you see fruit and vegetables. And this actually comes back to mentality too. It's really interesting because um, the reason you see the fruits and veggies first is, okay, um, I bought some, I bought a lot of fruit. I bought a lot of broccoli, cauliflower, carrots. I, I got some, some nice uh, pink lady apples, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. You're kind of reinforcing to yourself, you're eating healthy, which means later on, as you continue on your shop in the supermarket, you're more likely to give yourself permission to go for the cereal or go for the chocolate because um, in your mind, you've said, well, look, you know, for the most part, I made some good quality buying decisions. So that is why supermarkets, they actually structure it like that to kind of like start off in a positive before you go into those inner aisles. And that's where the danger really arises. But what I would say is for the most part, try stick to the outside aisles when you're shopping. That's where you're going to be getting your lean meats. That's where you're going to be getting your fruits, your veggies, your eggs, your egg whites, and so on. It's those inner aisles. Um, <laughs> if you're going in there, it's like a maze. Just be careful. That is where you're going to be getting your um, your cereals. That's where you're going to be getting your fizzy drinks. That's where you're going to be getting your 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 sweets and and so on. So try stick to the outside aisles, and then just preparation too. I think preparation is important. You don't need to be OCD. Or if, if, if you don't have everything prepared, no need to freak out. If you have the knowledge and the education, you'll be able to make the best possible choices. But that being said, um, how often when we are hungry or when we're hangry, God, when I'm hangry, I'll tell you, I will eat anything in sight. So the best way to not get hangry is to prevent from happening in the first place. So that is why I do think preparation is important, or at least having some form of a plan in place for like, you know, have an idea of what you're going to eat in a given day. Um, so just having some food prepared, what a lot of people like to do is batch cook the weekend. Maybe you might cook all your lunches for work that week on a Sunday, um, and then like store Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the fridge, and then freeze Thursday and Friday. Or some people, what they like to do is they like to cook dinner and then use today's dinner for tomorrow's lunch at work. Whatever works for you, because this is all about lifestyle integration. But I do think preparation is important and having your optimizing your environment. That is crucial, really, really is crucial. Since I moved over here to Spain and moved out of home, I have found it much, much easier to eat better just because if I ever want to get like, ice cream or whatever it might be i'll just make myself walk to the shop i just don't buy it but if i want it i'll have to walk to the shop and that just delays that gratification meaning it's not restrictive i'm not saying i can't have it but if i do want it i just got to go out of my way to get it so that's like a nice tip for you as well optimize your environment it is super super important
Okay, and that is all for today's beginners um, 101 guide to nutrition. So just to recap on everything we spoke about, first of all, adherence, being able to adhere to it, stick to it long term and addressing your mindset around food. Get out of your order, not the mentality and focus on progress, not perfection. Number two, so you calculate your maintenance calories by just using um, getting the average of a few formulas you might see online. And then number three, look, the number one most important thing is if you want to lose weight, you've got to be in a calorie deficit. So suppose your calorie deficit is at 2000 calories. Even if, you know, 1,000 of those calories was from an iceberg, you had a McDonald's and another 1,000 calories were just like everyday foods you had, you will still lose weight, okay? You will still lose weight. Um, so calorie deficit is important. Um, and then if you want to gain weight, of course, calorie surplus, and you want to maintain, you just keep your calories around the same. So that is the most important thing, um, calories in versus calories out. Now, the type of food then, and the breakdown of your calories, this also doesn't matter. So the next topic is your macronutrients, your protein, your carbohydrates, your fats, and particularly prioritizing protein. That's the most important one, okay? And then your fats um, and also your carbohydrates. So having more carbs on training days and reduce them on rest days. Then we spoke briefly about micronutrients. So that's gonna be your vitamins, that's gonna be your minerals. And um, just a simple way of getting more micros in is just eating more real foods eating more fruits, and particularly eating more veggies, okay? Then we spoke about timing. So, you know, post-workout, that's when, if you have a sweet tooth, have something sweet there, and carbohydrates and protein, for the most part, are beneficial post-workout. And then outside of your post-workout meal, just be sure you are getting enough protein in, and two of those meals ideally should contain veggies. Um, then we spoke about supplements. So some of my favorite do include protein and creatine, and also vitamin D, but address your deficiencies. And this is going to be dependent on every individual. And finally, then for lifestyle integration, shopping. So do your shopping in the outside aisles um, and optimizing your environment. So, so important. And finally, I just want to include as well, of course, hydration and water intake is really important. Um, a tip I gave one of my clients, because I get it sometimes like it's not that appealing to be drinking water. Um, I'd like to squeeze a lemon in it if at all possible. I'd actually recommend that, but um, just for some added flavor. But um, also for water, what I would say is if you find if you're someone who currently finds it challenging to drink water, um, a little tip I'll give is just have a glass of water before every single meal. So imagine you are someone you four meals a day. Well, you've at least four glasses of water a day. All right. But if you want to put a metric on how much water you should be drinking. I like to stay within the 40 to 50 milliliters per kilogram. So again, we'll just go back to the 75 kilo, kilogram guy because that's been the example I've been using throughout. So on the lower end, that would be roughly, what would that be? Four sevens or 20. Uh, <laughs> that would be about, I think I'm right in saying three liters. And then on the higher end, that would be about 3.75 liters. So in, in, in and around that range, um, 40 to 50 milliliters per kilogram. But again, this varies per individual. Okay, so that is a beginner's guide to nutrition 101. I hope you found this um, helpful and I hope you, you had some takeaways from this. So what are your takeaways from this? Is there anything you're gonna change? Maybe you're gonna prioritize drinking a glass of water before every single meal. Or maybe it's going to be, you know what, I'm going to really ensure now that I've got protein in every single meal because porridge for breakfast is great, but porridge on its own, as we know, it's just a carbohydrate. So how can I get some protein in there? Um, maybe it might be 
a case of, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm addressing the protein, the carbs, the fats, but my micronutrients, geez, I don't eat a lot of veg. Maybe I should try increase my veg intake and get it from, from two meals instead of just one. Whatever it is, I hope you have some takeaway and take some form of action from this. Okay, because um, <laughs> knowledge, they say, is power, but knowledge is really only potential power. It's what you do with your knowledge. So application doesn't matter. Please apply this to your life. Please, please apply it to your to your actual schedule and make use of, of, of um, any of the tips that you found beneficial that you may have learned from today. So that is all for today's post or today's uh, <laughs> podcast, should I say. Um, I hope you found this beneficial. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a review, leave a rating. Okay. It only takes 10, 20 seconds of your time. It's the small fee that I'll ask. I don't run ads or I won't be running ads or anything to this podcast. And I just want to grow it organically. And I've been getting so many great reviews so far. So I really do appreciate all you listeners out there who've been giving me feedback, who've been leaving reviews and who've been letting me know, you know, their thoughts on the show and what they'd like to hear in the future. So please continue to do so. That's a small fee I, I'd ask you to pay. And on top of that as well, if you did find this beneficial, share it on your IG stories and tag me at Mac Lifestyle Fitness, MC Lifestyle, L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E Fitness. And if you tag me on your IG stories, I will definitely reshare it also to my audience. So that is all for today. Um, thank you all for listening. And until the next episode of the Lifestyle Lifters show, I hope you found this beneficial and enjoyable and you learned something that you can implement into your lifestyle. Have a great day, everyone.